0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions. Decisions On your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability, the potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, (NASGA) is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org.
2: Yes, yes, call somebody, get help. This is Marty Oakley, this is the TS Radio Network, and we're back up, we've been down on and off for the last couple of weeks, so much is going on, Kazi's um, in her car driving in an ice storm trying to get home, And she, but she's on here with us and she'll be piping up here shortly, but tonight... Um, after the hog report, we have a special guest coming on, and that's Michelle Young-Doers, and she has written a book called Killing for Profit, The Dark Side of Hospice, and I have a direct link to Amazon where you can purchase it if you like. It's an eye-opener. It'll just blow your mind what actually is going on there, and she actually has first hand experience. In this Um, she's a former registered respiratory therapist who worked for hospice and had to walk away because of what they were doing we'll get into that when she comes on the guardianship scene is blowing up and now they're after Wendy Williams I don't know what her actual ailment is supposed to be she's that talk show host but Wells Fargo (laughs) surprise jumped in there and they filed for guardianship over her estate Uh, Because they're worried about how she might spend her money because she's ill. Uh I wonder how they're going to spend her money. Uh, But she'll end up broke and out on the street. And that's the way that'll be. And Wells Fargo will skate off into the sunset with a bag of money. This is the way it always goes. And something, I'm going to say something here, whether people think I should say it or shouldn't say it or blah, blah, blah. I am sick and damn tired of going to these senators and representatives, whether state or federal, and telling these stories and asking for help and telling them what's going on, they know. They know right now what is going on. And is these people who have sat silent and done nothing, who have blown us off, who have watched lives be destroyed, in many cases ended. They have watched this massive transfer of wealth to these predators, and these people are predators. You cannot call them anything else. You cannot kidnap other individuals, hold them hostage, and this is a hostage situation. And by the way, just as a reminder, when you are deemed a ward of the state, in legal terminology, you are a prisoner of the state, and you are treated as such. You have no rights. You can't speak for yourself. You can't do anything. You have no rights. They'd be better off if they went out and robbed a bank. They'd be treated better. The idea that they have let this go on and played, you know, stupid, oh, I didn't know. Well, nobody told me. Well, it must be an isolated incident. Oh, I'm going to look into it, and I'll get back to you. Yeah, don't sit by the phone waiting on that one. They know. And we have seen numerous bills coming out, especially down in Florida, which is a cesspool. Uh, supposedly going to address this situation. You got that bill 10, what is it, 1032 and 845, Senate and House bills that actually have have passages in them uh, to the effect that they can retrieve you from another state, even from another country, if they issue a petition for guardianship. They also are claiming emergency jurisdiction. You can be in the state three days. If you if avail yourself of any service whatsoever, getting your toenails clipped, I don't care. Assume emergency jurisdiction and seize you and your assets. How handy is that? And the state, these, these are your politicians, these are your legislators, these are the people you elected. They're the ones that are putting this bill out there. And you tell me they don't know? I'm not buying it. I've I've been doing this for so many years, and I have become extremely irritated and short-tempered when it comes to this. I have listened to all the BS I think I'm going to listen to. We have done everything. I have seen advocates go all over the country, go to meetings, assemble meetings, go to hearings, Senate hearings, House hearings, this and that, something else, meeting with the governor and talking with so-and-so. And nothing happens except the system gets worse. The fact of the matter is, they want rid of us. And most especially, they want rid of anyone over 60, and some people think it's as low as 50. When you look at Obamacare, and before you start jumping, well, that was the Liberals and that was the Democrats, the Republicans were right in there, sweetie. Um, What we're gonna be discussing tonight, the situation with hospice, was a little piece of stuff that the Republicans added to that bill to get it passed. They were the ones that wanted to convert hospice because they just don't think, you know, what with their, you know, self-righteous Christian crap um, and only God loves them and blah, blah, blah. They just can't see why we should have to care of sick people. And depending on your age, when you hit 50, your access to health care starts to diminish. By the time you hit 60, you're only available about 70% of what's available to the rest of the population under that age. When you hit 70, they run a needs assessment test, and what they do is they try to decide that if they invest in your health, getting you well or treatment, whatever they do, do you have the capability, once you're recovered, if you do, of returning that investment to the public. In other words, can you generate enough revenue to make up for this? Honest to God, I I don't know how these people live with themselves. I really don't. Then on the other side of this, this hospice thing. Hospice got an $11.5 billion infusion of cash to go from Good Samaritan to Grim Reaper. And one of the things that changed, again, thanks to your Republican interests was food and water was redefined as medical treatment so when you go into the hospital and most especially hospice and they call futility of care meaning it is going to make any sense for us to take care of you because we can't get our money back the first thing that happens is they withhold food and water this is a human right this is a human necessity but see they've redefined it So they withhold food and water. And within a very short period of time, the organs start shutting down for lack of water. The mouth dries, the tongue swells. And then they come in and tell the family, they forgot how to swallow. No, they didn't. You drugged them up so bad with morphine, Haldol, Seroquel, whatever else you had at your disposal. And you dampened the sympathetic nervous system that allows reflex like swallowing. It's not that they forgot how to. You made it so that they can't. And then you leave these people, lay there, thirsting to death, suffering because if you've ever gone without water any length of time, it is a miserable experience. It'll cause hallucinations, but just physically, the physical lack of water can make you quite ill. And they, to cover that up, come in and drug them up because you don't want them to suffer, do you? Do you? Uh, We're only doing it to make them comfortable. No, you're doing it to keep them quiet. That's why you're doing it. But we have had all of this going on, and I say I am sick to death of these lying, pernicious, uh, these politicians that do nothing. We need a strong federal bill. You may not isolate You may not take any more than a certain percentage, and I don't mean 80 or 90% of the estate. There must be a cap on fees. You must attend to that ward, your prisoner, at least once a month. We have wards who have not seen their captor in three, four years. How are they making medical decisions for them? I want to know. There are so many things that need to be addressed here. Just simple human dignity things that need to be addressed. This is one of the most god-awful predatory systems I've ever seen, and it is manned by predators. Understand, if anybody involved in this is a predator by nature, they are predators. It's like the difference between your cute little dog out here on the porch and a pack of wolves. Looks like the same species, but a whole different character in nature. These people are by nature predators. People who work in these facilities and go to work day after day, knowing the misery and harm they are causing to helpless individuals who are at their mercy and cannot do a thing about what's happening to them. Know that they cause the death of someone. Go home to their families like nothing happened and go back the next day and do it all over again. Please, I don't want you to be my neighbor. But they're usually in churches sitting up in the front row because they're, you know, God loves them. I just just oh scott I'm sorry, I've heard so many horror stories in the last couple of weeks about hospice and guardianship in general that I can't believe all these years, all these years, and we cannot get our elected representatives to do a damn thing to stop this. They come out with these insulting bills that cite no crimes, have no penalties, no enforcement in them, and then say, see, we care about the elderly. We passed this bill. That bill does nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. What is everybody cheering about? I want to know. But anyway, uh, Kazi is going to be late. So we're going to go ahead and bring Michelle on. She's been on Marcia Joyner's show several times, and I believe I interviewed you with Michelle once before that. Um, And she wrote the book, Killing for Profit, The Dark Side of Hospice. And what this lady has to say is not brought with any malice or exaggeration. This is what she witnessed, what she knows, and what she has told. And I would suggest you get her book. Like I say, there's a link in the promo directly to a site where you can buy it. And um, I would, if you want an eyeball view of what Cosmos is about, you need to get that book. Anyway, welcome to the show, Michelle.
0: Thank you, Marty. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm on a tirade tonight. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're just telling it like it is. Yeah. It just I uh, I'm telling you. Um, one of the things we talked about, Michelle, maybe before we get going on that, why don't you give everybody a little bit of background on you? We're really loaded up here in the studio. Um, give everybody a little bit of background how you came to this, why you're involved in it, and so on.
0: Well, I worked in the healthcare field for over thirty years and um I had done pretty much everything in my Scope practice and hospice was one area that I had not practiced, so I went worked for hospice for seven years. And during that time, you know, I I went into hospice thinking, "Oh, what a great um," well." How I was aware of hospice was my dad was placed in hospice, and um, every month they would call my mom. After my dad passed for bereavement services, just to check in on her and see how she was doing. And I thought, what a great organization that they care that they would call every month to check to see how you're doing and offer, you know, a chaplain or, you know, follow up. Well, then I thought, okay, I want to be with this organization. That sounds like You know you take care of people that's where i want to be i want to take care of people continue to take care of people so when i joined hospice went around spoke to the managers of the various affiliates and when i the very last person the manager i spoke to and which is was what some of the other managers had asked me was you know what brought me to hospice and I told them about my mom and calling every month and how I impressed I was with that. And this very last manager said to me, You know, we only do that because we have to, not because we want to.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: I'm yes. (laughs) I thought I should have known better right then, but no, I went went on and thought, Well, um in the first couple of years I was with hospice there's so much going on it's a constant it's a very fast paced environment um, slow death may come slow to some but the wheels of hospice move very quickly and wow. i believe they do that by de- by design so no one person within an organization can put pieces of a puzzle together. Do you follow me?
2: Yes, I do. That makes sense.
0: So you would have nurses at bedside or uh, nurses that admit patients and then nurses that are in the home that are just visiting the patient on a weekly or biweekly basis. And then you would have other nurses that do continuous care on the weekends or at night, and then the aides that come in and out, and the different doctors that do the rotations through the teams and there was no you know there was nobody they kept- everybody kind of off balance mhm, well, the problem with that is well until they bring in you know therapists that work for the corporate office that oversees all of it. And then you have this bird's eye view of what's what and who's who and, well, how did that patient get from over there to over there? Or that patient was doing fine and now they're dead. You know, I mean, people die, can die very suddenly, but you just get a feel for things. Uh So, the first couple of years, like I said, was just trying to put all the, you know, learn a new arena of skills. And then it was around the fourth year that I just knew something was off. And some would say, it took you four years to figure that out. And it's like, yes, it took me four years to figure that out. Um, But it was just something not right and then by the fifth year I started asking others that kind I thought thought the same way I did by our conversations and they would just look at me like you can't say that out loud oh. no. then by the sixth year I knew what was going on. I knew what was going on. And then my last year there, um, I refused to do a procedure which was remove patients from ventilatory care, which is called a terminal extubation.
2: Oh, wow. I
0: refused to do that anymore because they were over medicating patients. they were lying to patients. They were just by that time i could I could see clearly everything that was happening and there was one patient um Mr. Spikler, who um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go on that far. Marty, um...
2: That's okay. Go ahead. You're doing fine.
0: Um, Mr. Spikler. Now, of course, that wasn't his real name. But he... The nurse who saw him in the hospital, the patient was in... And let me back up a little bit. This gentleman was... um, had a um, more back issue. He had cancer, and he was on uh, morphine. And he had taken his morphine tablets out of his pill bottle, his labeled pill bottle, uh-huh. and he put them in another container. And he had them in his car console, right between the seats. Okay, and uh. He was leaving from his doctor's office, driving alone, and he was pulled over, and the sheriff saw the pills, and I guess he inquired. Now, I was not there, so I'm not going to speculate what happened next between him and the officer. Okay. So we're going to we'll just jump over that part because I don't want to comment on that because I wasn't there. But the gentleman ended up in jail overnight, released the next, well, between the pain and him not being able to take his medicine, the next day he ends up in the ER of a hospital. Now he's on a BiPAP trying to breathe with a hospice nurse there that's... um, wanting to get him to the hospice house and have him removed from the the PIPAP that he was wearing so this man the nurse called me and told me what was going on with him and I said well I can't come over there and see him today I was doing a patient issue and um, I said just leave him there and I'll see him in the morning in the ER leave him in the ER and I'll come see him in the morning that nurse, because of the pressure the nurses are under to get those patients out of the hospital. Let, let me take, just as a sidebar, hospitals do not like having deaths on their record, in a, right, because that's kind of a bad mark against a hospital. On the other side of that, hospice likes having deaths on their record because that's a good mark. Look what good we're doing. We have all these dead people we've taken care of, literally and figuratively. Um, so the nurse chose to remove that patient from his BiPAP and place him in a ambulance and have him sent to a hospice house. Now, if you can't breathe and you're reliant upon a BiPAP machine with 100% oxygen, and that's taken away from you and you put on a six-liter nasal cannula to breathe on your own and you're locked in this metal can rolling down the street, which is basically a tomb for him. When I saw that, me I went to the, the nurse at the hospice house, called me early the next morning and said, I have a patient here. I need for you to see as soon as possible. And I said, okay. I said, if you're near the hospital, that I need to go see another patient that you're going to get. And, she, and I told her the name and she said, no, that's the patient that they sent over last night. And I said, I told them to leave him at the hospital. She says, I know, but they sent him here. I said, okay. So I went over there. And I saw that walked into that man's room. And he's breathing three times a minute. Dark blue. And the night shift nurse is in tears because she had to watch what, how this man rolled in the door and what they did to him. And that, that still affects me. And that was the end of me doing anything for hospice in the way of helping them in my capacity of what they wanted, how they wanted to help the patient. I can only imagine... The horror that man must have felt on the ride from that emergency room in that ambulance to the hospice health, gasping, trying to breathe, and being in pain from the cancer and not having any pain medicine. And then he's he's dead. He goes from driving his car, leaving a doctor's office, and then he's dead at the hands of a hospice nurse I why that didn't why still didn't they do something
2: hospice? for him why didn't they do something I'm, for him there but at hospice why didn't they do what he needed for breathing
0: that, that isn't what hospice that isn't what a hospice wants to do and this this man or some patients a lot of patients The higher acuity you are, the more manpower you need, the more equipment you need, the more medicine you need, the less days you are going to have in hospice. And that's just kind of cut and dry like that. If you're low maintenance and you don't need anything, you're going to be in hospice longer. And so, you know, Someone could hear that and say, well, yes, you're healthier, so you are going to live longer. And yes, that is true. But there are plenty of patients that have time. This man was just driving his car. Now he's dead. Wow. That's that's how hospice operates these days. It's all about money.
2: Oh wow! Wow! Jiminy Christmas. I So when we you both- okay? You okay, Michelle?
0: Yes. 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 Thank you.
2: Okay. Yes. Okay. I want to remind everyone, Michelle, like I say, has been on uh, with Marcia Joyner on the Betrayed by Hospice broadcast, and um, you can look that up in our archives. They're available for free all the time and Michelle has done several interviews. Uh, she's just a wealth of information. and uh, So if you want more background on this, more information on this, who she is, what she does, what she has done, I suggest you listen to those interviews with Marcia Joyner uh, because it's just full of information. Um, Kaz, are you up and with us now?
3: I am. Can you hear me? Hey. All right. Can you hear yeah. me? On? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I've been listening the whole time. And if anyone in Wisconsin, watch out for these roads. Whoa. We're having a storm. I was driving it. I got really behind. Oh,
2: wow. Well, at least you got home
3: safe. I did. I I made it. It's pretty slippery out there.
2: Yeah. Uh, Okay, Michelle, one of the things you and I Mm -hmm. talked about earlier that I really wanted to uh, expound on this evening is when this fake pandemic first cranked up. And of course, everybody who drew a breath had COVID, a virus they have never proved even exists. Can't prove it exists. You can't prove something exists that doesn't. And of course, as, and to this day, the only people that seem to die from it are in hospitals or nursing homes. One of the first things that happened was out in New York and the governor out there Oh, good Lord, this just makes me so mad. Ordered them to Mm -hmm. go into these nursing homes and force vaccinate them with these emergency use vaccines and hospice shows up. And the excuse for this was hospice was used to dealing with death. And like I told you, a better statement would have been hospice is used to causing death. They show Mm -hmm. up, go in this nursing home, leave a week later and 36 people are dead. Give me your thoughts on what happened there. Yeah.
0: Um, I, in, instead of using the word dealing, I would have, hospice is used to being the one that's created. The patient of is dealt <laughs> right. And that's exactly yeah. what, I mean, if you look at, um, if you look at, the Medicare system and Social Security and how there's been this calling of the elderly to depopulate and take, you know, some majority of the population off of the Social Security and Medicare books, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're a waste of resources you're not contributing to community and society anymore. Since you're retired, you're just a drain Mm -hmm. on the system.
2: Mm -hmm. Those
0: patients up there, that is all that was about. Wow. To me, that was just as clear as day calling in hospice. Hospice was there to kill those patients.
2: Yes. That's what they were
0: called in to do. And that is what they did.
2: Yeah, and you're absolutely right, Michelle. They want rid of everybody who's on. They have blown Social Security. Um, Johnson got into the surplus to fund the Vietnam War, and then he opened up the uh, Social Security fund, the principal, to the general fund, and they have squandered every bit of it since it's been used to start wars uh, for special projects for this, that, and something else. And like you say, they, they talk about it in the sense of, uh, well, you know, you're not working anymore and you're not paying taxes. In other words, you can't be exploited mm-hmm. and extorted anymore. So we don't place any value mm-hmm. on you. And mm-hmm. I I can't tell you the number of people I have run into that think Medicare is free. Why should you get free healthcare? Nobody gets free healthcare. care. <laughs> There are premiums for right. everyone, pretty hefty premiums, who's on Medicare. Mm-hmm. So after paying mm-hmm. into this system 30, 40, 50 years and supposedly exactly. funding this so it would be there for you, now you have to pay them a premium, but it doesn't stop there. Then you have, they only pay, uh, like any insurance company, actually it, the most they will pay is 80% of anything. It, it totals up to 80%. They have the donut hole. Between twenty five hundred mm-hmm. and five thousand, where they pay nothing, you have to pay everything out of your own pocket. But there are copays that's a racket. for a There's yes, copays on your medication. There is copays for any treatments you might get, and plus you're paying this massive premium on top of it. This isn't free, and why they want Medicare for everyone, I just don't know, because it will run you broke. But see, mm-hmm. that's another one of those carefully crafted and culled statements that, you know, it's free health care. Why should you get free health care? Nobody's getting anything free. Every state puts mm-hmm. out bids for contracts for Medicare and Medicaid in January of every year, and then they accept the best bid of who's going to manage it. It isn't the state. It's the insurance company. But it just, they're acting as agent for the state. But Mm -hmm. get over this thing that it's a free ride. No, no, it is not. It never was. Never was. Mm -mm. And you know something else that bugs me? I'm just going to throw this in. You know all these illegals that have come in, and many of them are working under assumed identities or fake IDs or whatever? You or I had to work 12 quarters over our lifetime Mm -hmm. to qualify for any level of Social Security. An Mm -hmm. illegal immigrant can work in this country under an assumed name, a stolen ID, whatever, they only need three quarters, and they can run back to Mexico. The biggest social security office in the glo- on the globe is in Mexico City, and they can file and their families can get access and you know death benefits and everything, but they only have to work three quarters, even if it's shown that they stole someone's identity to do it. If they can show they worked only three quarters Mm-hmm. And you and I had to work 12. Uh, wow. There are so, mm-hmm. many, so many holes in this program that just it's just wrong on so many levels. And then to bring hospice in. I can remember, Michelle, back in 2000, my brother was dying from Agent Orange. And hospice came, helped us bathe him sat with him so that we could get away for just a little bit because it was 24 hours nonstop. I mean, they were just a lifesaver. But they Mm -hmm. are such a monstrous entity at this point. It's absolutely uh, terrifying to me to think that they're actually out there operating in the open. This is a killing Mm -hmm. machine. That's all it is, is a killing machine.
0: Go ahead. And it's being sanctioned by the, the government.
2: Yes, that they, paid for.
0: They 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 know what they what's going on, and mm-hmm. nobody wants to stop
3: it. They don't. Have, they want it to go on. Yes. yes. I think that's why they don't care about the guardianship because it's a way of you know doing this Getting rid of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And make some money yep. while you're at it, if you can. Yep. See, mm-hmm. I have a question about hospice. Do you think every single nurse, I mean, some might not really know what they're doing. They're like, oh, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm going to do this medication and this medication. And maybe they have no idea what they just did. Or do you think they all really realize?
0: No, I think there's a lot. I think, and I think, and I'm glad you said that. There are some hospices that do it the way they're supposed to do it. And it doesn't matter whether they're, they're for-profit or non-profit There are good hospices out there, but those are very few and far between the majority of the hospices. And I can only, you know, of course, I haven't worked every hospice in every state and every county. But the hospices, it's all about the money. So when you start cutting into their profit, that's when it's time for you to go. Mhm. You know what I mean? Yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So the nurses, there are good nurses even in a bad hospice. I mean, I was in a bad hospice. Mhm. Uh, I'm a good person. I think I am. Anyways. Um yeah. And here's the oh, here's what I was going to say about that that gentleman I was just speaking of. Towards the end of my um time with hospice, I wrote an internal compliance report outlining what had happened to that man and how, and in my report, I put, we basically killed the man for the sake of the admission. Well, shortly after that, um, when I declined to, or refused to do any more terminal extubations, the chief clinical officer asked me to a meeting with her. And when I brought up about what had happened to Mr. Spikler, she denied having any knowledge of that. She was also the chief uh, compliance officer. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Well, if someone writes up a report like that, it's going to go to the compliance officer. Well, so, she said they, her office did not give it to her. Okay, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt that you they did not pass on the report to you. Did she bother to ask me about Mr. Spikler or why I said that or why I wrote the report or anything? No. She moved on to a different subject. Okay, I, uh-huh. in a report, said that the company killed the patient. For the sake of an admission. I'm sitting right in front of you. Would you not then ask me why I wrote that? No. Because she you would think she knew. She didn't want to know. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. yeah. So And it's so, wow. I mean, that's such a serious accusation. Like Exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. Exactly. And the worst part of wow. it is,
2: Michelle, you could turn this into Feds, to the FBI, to whoever. The Justice Department Never. say they intentionally killed this individual. You need to investigate. They won't do it.
0: They won't do no. it. And I did that. And you're right. Oh. Nothing happened.
2: Wow. Jesus. Same any Christmas.
0: And I have yeah. documentation from here to eternity to back up everything i say that's why i I freely that's why I was so free in what I wrote in my book because I mm-hmm. have documentation to back up everything I say, and I'm not afraid of them coming after me because they're not going to come after me i I wrote that book in two thousand nineteen, and it's as true today as it was then and wow have I heard one I- word from them?
3: Nope, really? what cause? they they haven't wow. even like gotten mad or done anything threatening to you. the fact that you wrote the book well, no, I mean like yeah. why open Pandora's box? Like, yeah. so they just right? do they probably just make you sound like you're just like the crazy one and to some people, I probably do sound like the crazy one.
0: And unfortunately, I think the American people for too long, me included, I am talking about myself as well. We've Mm -hmm. taken things for granted. Things have gone along. We're doing well. Let's not rock the boat. You know, this is Uh America. This is the best country in the world.
2: I I think that's pretty well (laughs) washed out. Yeah, and and, you know, the thing is, too, I agree with what you're saying, Michelle, about the state of things here in this country. Uh, What I have found being involved in so many things over the years, mostly people don't want you to bother them with it. Um, They become angry, Mm -hmm. and just like with your book, you know, fully documented, resourced, you can prove everything. Mm -hmm. That makes them mad, because once you know something, it is proven to you. Now you're obligated to do something about it and they don't want that obligation. obligation so they'll sit there and say oh no that didn't happen oh you're just exact you're just a conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. that's fake news." Mm-hmm. you know and come out with mm-hmm. all this jingoism and everything else these are people that and they'll be the ones that'll scream the loudest should this happen mm-hmm. to them or what of theirs oh this i've had mm-hmm. this happen repeatedly in this guardianship thing i've had people attack me Call me everything but a white woman and a child of God, and mm-hmm. how I was crazy and I was just creating problems and they were doing good work and why was I attacking them and blah blah blah, and then a few years later come back. I know I said some harsh things, but I didn't know this was real and they took my mom. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And because um, yep. I'm just a conspiracy theorist, it's fake news, remember? Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. have any. I don't have any uh, sympathy for these people. It's one thing if you disagree, disagree, but you don't have to get stupid about it, and mm-hmm. um, that's what really irks me, but more than anything, they resent that documentation. They resent it. They resent the fact that you have it in there, that you can prove what you're saying, because it blows away all their arguments, all their naysaying, and you know what they had planned to attack you with, and um mm-hmm. They don't want to be in that position, and they don't want to be held accountable. They don't want to be part of the, uh, what do I want to say, of fixing the system. They don't want to do that. It's too much work. So I'll just pretend right. you're crazy, and I'll go on. So, yeah. I'm, right. Oh, God.
0: Until it happens to them. Exactly. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, when I You first know, I heard stumbled, more people. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well, I just said, you know, like we're coming out of, you know, this or we're still in the pandemic or whatever. And like now they're saying, oh, there's no people to work or whatever. What happened was a ton of people retired. Year, I mean, some of them would have probably kept working for a few more years. So we have a huge amount of people now that are going to be doing Social Security Medicare and being retired. And it's kind of interesting. What What is the shift going to be now that... We have the baby boomers. They're pretty much all out of the workforce. You know? What, mm-hmm. What's next for them? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, the I, thing I is, they have,
2: they have figured out how to make money out of us on either end of the spectrum. Um, everything from selling aborted fetal parts and live birth abortions, uh, full-term abortions, they're selling the fetuses for parts and research and everything Mm -hmm. they're making that's why they passed that bill and a lot of people who are who help to pass that are invested in the very companies that do this and on the other end of it are the elderly and here again this is so gross and uh, Marsha Southwick from NASCA and I did work on this here are these companies there is a massive massive business running under the radar of selling body parts. And a lot of these people, they are, you know, the head is worth so much, a whole corpse is worth so much. Uh, the first inkling I got of this um, was I interviewed a man named Barry Tobb from Alabama. Uh, he was a mortician, been in business 30 years. He said he started noticing that when bodies came in, they were missing bones and tendon and some internal organs and this and that. So he went to the head of the company he worked for and said, something's wrong here. And the guy told him to mind his business. He's telling his friend about it. They told him to use PVC pipe to make it look like the bones were still there. And he was telling his friend, his friend had a friend at the FBI. And he said, you need to go tell him about this. So he did. And it ended up a whistleblower case and which Barry saw nothing out of. they, "Oh, you did it at CBS when they were doing that whistleblower series. Uh, made it sound like, you know you only did this because you were supposed to get some money. Barry never saw a dime. He was left destitute, him and his family. And but here's his whole business running, and they sell the universities and research labs, and God knows who else. But they sell body parts, So they have figured out in life or in death, how to profit from us. And one of the Mm -hmm. things I saw in conjunction with hospice was that this at least allowed the government to recoup some of its money because after all, these were corpses. I almost...
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I swear Mm -hmm. we're ruled by ghouls. I just... I don't know. But...
0: And it it, sounds like, you know, when we talk like that, I I don't... you know, if someone's not familiar or they don't have their eyes open, they can call us, you know, tin, tin hat people or
3: whatever. Yes.
0: But these things, unfortunately, are truly going on. Yes. We
2: are nothing
0: but, you know, it's just... Commodities. Yes, that is exactly. We are commodities. There is, and Bill Gates isn't at the top of the food chain. He just he yeah. just happens to be the face.
1: But
0: yeah. there's only about twelve individual and or families that really control what goes on around the whole globe. Yep. Mhm. And we are nothing but little. Worker bees, and mm-hmm. when they can get rid of us, that's exactly what they do yes, yeah. we are so dispensable that it's just
2: it it is to i, am I say, we I've heard us uh, the population referred to as the greatest product uh of mm-hmm. the u s is its people, and the, you pay attention to the words they're using product mm-hmm. for something to be more than traded. And even mm-hmm. in this case, in this like hospice, they have figured out a way to make money off of us. Even in you know harsh times, even when you're sick, they're mm-hmm. making money. If they weren't mm-hmm. making money, they wouldn't bother. And another mm-hmm. thing too, every time you people hear the word stakeholders, I hate that mm-hmm. word. Vatican Stan, stakeholders is a descriptive term meaning all of the vested interests in this issue, who stand to make money and profit. This is who stakeholders Mm -hmm. are, and these are the only people that are listened to, but it's presented as if they are an interest, you know, somebody wants to do something about, no, they want to make money. So it is the stakeholders, Mm -hmm. the people that have a business interest, profit interest, that they're talking to Mm -hmm. and making arrangements for. Uh, Christine, some of these, or Michelle, I'm sorry, some of these bills I have seen come out just in the last six months, if you don't read them closely, don't read the, you know, captions at the top of the paragraph and the lovely sounding title because mm-hmm. it's very misleading. It tells you nothing about what's actually going on in that bill. And when you get to actually yeah. reading through them line by line, what you see is a direct assault on a segment of the population. And they rationalize it. I can't believe the young people I run into now, when you ask them, you know, do you think older people, you know, should get, you know, good health care that they should be taken care of and just, you know, get whatever's available? Well, you know, they've had a long life. They need to go ahead and let go. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. What is that was your grandma? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, what she got to look forward to, she's old. hmm. Just mm-hmm. attitude. And then we got states like, isn't it, um, Washington State is now composting dead bodies and using it on agricultural fields. And we're seeing this in other states also. Uh, We have bills passed in Montana, uh, Wyoming, and I believe Maryland, I might be wrong, but I believe it's Maryland, have passed so far making it legal to starve to death anybody Dementia or mental illness. Geez, that's handy. And um, they can starve them. To, now, there again, let's get back to the caliber of person who would be setting this starvation in motion. What kind of mm-hmm. animal are you? Mm-hmm. How could you possibly do this? I can't stand to see a puppy or a, a kitty hungry, much less another human mm-hmm. being. And mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: how do you do this? How do you do this? What's wrong with you? And, it, you know, and I don't mean to harp on it, but these are the, always the people in the front row of the church, um, you know, oh, praise the Lord, and uh, doing God's work. I always ask them, you better be care- careful about which gods you're praying to, because I think the one you pray to has horns and a tail. And um, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying? They come up with, they, there is something wrong with these people. These are predators. By nature, they are Predators. You can't do this just on a day-to-day basis. Can you imagine yourselves doing any one of these things casually and Mm-mm. going back the next day doing it again? Can you? Can you honestly, obviously, not? You had to get out of there.
0: No, and they're so, paid. I just, they're paid well yeah. to keep. I mean, and the government wants it that way. If you look at, um, there's a website that is called Federal federalpay.org, federalpay.org. Okay. If you look at, um, they list the, like I just pulled up for 2020, the highest paid, um, the top earning federal employees in 2020. The first one was um, a, a medical officer for the Veterans Health Administration. And then number two is Dr. Fauci. Number three, yes, number three is uh, Gibbons, who's also with the National Institute of Health. And then Uh if you look down the list, all the next ones down to like 50-something, 100, all work for the Veterans Health Administration. And we have veterans... You know we veterans aren't getting served like they should be, and they have to no. wait, but we can spend money on these medical officers that make more than the president and the reason they're making so much money is to turn their back on the people they're supposed to serve, which yep. goes hand in hand with hospice, guardianship, and all these other social programs that they you know, they can buy the guilt, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? Pay mm-hmm. them off. Yes. And you do that dirty deed of depopulating. I mean, yeah. that's, if that's not well, clear the, to people, I don't the know Veterans what else we can say.
2: is one of the most dysfunctional, corrupt administrations out there. Mm-hmm. They've been under fire for years the waste of money, the mismanagement, the mistreatment of the vets um it, it's just it it's just and yet it just rolled, nobody does anything about it, and veterans being misdiagnosed or diagnosed with an illness or mm-hmm. disease, and not told they have it and um mm-hmm. but i mean it's just it's just terrible. We did several shows on the v a and uh with Sean Higgins and some other people he worked at one of the v a s and It, it, honestly, God, it made you want to cry that we would be that careless, uh, that casual about these men and women who went and fought for this country and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to treat them so poorly, to treat them so poorly and, uh, Mm -hmm. they don't give a damn and, um, I I just I hear recently they issued some damn thing that unless they had been vaccinated, you can't go to the VA. Well, where is that in the contract when you enlisted? And um,
0: exactly, that's such BS. I I mean, that's just. Oh my God, that is just. I know it. Insane. I know.
2: But see, there's a. They talked also about veterans being left just basically to waste away because they wouldn't deal with them anymore. And uh, well, you they had they've chronic their, problems. They've, yeah. They've served
0: their purpose. So now they're starting yep. to cost money. Yeah. With exactly. their medications, their equipment, the manpower. So now it's time for them to go.
2: Well, and the other thing they do, Michelle, is like... I had one friend, he became a friend uh, that I was working with here about five years ago out in Washington State, and he had high blood pressure. Turns out he's on six different blood pressure medications, plus a whole bunch of other stuff, and he was constantly complaining about severe body pain. I said, go back to the VA. Take someone with you to advocate for you. And I said, and get off these medications. And I said, Um, Uh, reduce the number of meds you're on and the the amount that you're taking. So he goes, and the doctor said, oh, yeah, okay. And they shipped him his medications. It came in a three-by-three-foot box. He called me. He said, his name was Terry. He said, Marty, and he used his phone. He said, look at this, thousands of dollars. They upped the amount, the dosage, and the number of times he was supposed to take it. He said, they're trying to kill me. I said, yeah, it would appear so. And uh, But I've seen this happen many times. So this euthanasia doesn't occur just in hospice, although it's most obvious there, but it also occurs in places like the VA where they over-medicate these guys and take them out that way. Mm -hmm. They don't want to deal with them. They can't use them for service anymore. Uh, You can't send them into another ward, so they don't have any use for them. Get rid of them. And um, And I I think that's a hard – go ahead.
0: Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just going to say, and that delay in care, I think, is by design.
3: Mm-hmm. They can
0: keep off, you know, put them off, put them off, put them off, put them off. Well, now mm-hmm. it's too late.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, it's like a lot of them with psychological problems. They won't treat them. They won't send them to therapy. They won't even medicate them any time. And they've had, I don't know how many veterans commit suicide right in their parking lot. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they'll pull mm-hmm. programs that are successful that are working. We see this in a lot of places. You'll get something that actually is working, and they'll stop the program and mm-hmm. go to something that doesn't, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I don't know, what, what do you, is there anything we can do? About
0: hospice. well, well, I would urge. I was on um, Marcia's show on Wednesday, and we talked about uh, the admission process for hospice. Mm-hmm. And if, and if it, those that are interested, that that would that would be a good program to listen to. Yeah. about mm-hmm. how they trap you into a, a service. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there are just certain questions you need to ask about hospice. If, if a loved one is uh, presented with, oh, we think you need hospice or your doctor referred you to hospice, you know, uh, automatically it comes to mind that it's a, a death sentence. Yes.
2: You yes. have
0: six months or less to live. Where Mm -hmm. you didn't need hospice yesterday, but now because someone mentioned it today, it's a necessity for you. Yeah. So I would just ask patients and families to kind of stop and say, okay, but let us think about it. And then really think about what hospice brings to the table for you. I mean, if you just need medications, your regular doctor can write those medications. If you need DME equipment, some you can buy without, well, most you can buy without a prescription. Some, uh, your doctor can write a prescription and Medicare um, may pay the cover cost of it. If you need private services, some of the insurance companies will pay for those um services to come in, whether it's physical therapy or speech therapy for the swallowing or, you know, an aid to come in. What What is hospice going to do? Hospice really is for end-of-life care. Yes. And I mean end-of-life care. Mm-hmm. Like your prognosis really shouldn't be six months because they're just trying to throw out a broad net. And and I, and I have heard them say, well, the sooner we get a patient in, the longer we can prolong their life because we give so much to the patient. Okay, I'm going to tell you that's an out-and-out out lie. No, they just give you that six months, so they get you into the net, and now they can treat you how they feel like they need to treat you as far as keeping you in service or cutting your life short. It needs to go back wow. to end of life, like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Yeah. And it's kind of hard sometimes, you know, to maybe guide, guide it that long. Uh, I mean, uh-huh. that short, but yeah, no, six months is no. Yeah. You, you look at I, other alternatives before you go to hospice. Right. We also had that
2: I can't sheet. Imagine um, Say what? um
0: we also had that questionnaire sheet. Uh uh-huh. was that on your website? And I think Marcia had it on um Murdered by Hospice, which is on the Facebook yes. page.
2: Yes. That and
0: your and is it on your website as well, the PPJ?
2: No, it isn't.
0: Um, oh, we need to get that on there. Um, okay. For for anyone that wants that download, they can copy that and then at least ask these questions of the hospice service ahead of time to really nail down whether you need them or not, and to hold them down to the promises that they will make during that admission process.
2: Okay. All right and and for those of you asking the marsha she's talking about is marsha Joyner and the betrayed by hospice broadcast she does here on TS radio where she talks about cases with hospice and what goes on there um those shows are all available in archive you can access them free and um just go down there and pick pick through the ones you want to listen to all of them are good very informative yeah. so
0: we're going to we're going to yeah. do another show i'm I'm with Marcia again on Wednesday, and we're going to talk about um, ventilators, BIPAPs, CPAPs, and oxygen. Oh, excellent! It, it, yeah, excellent. wow, it's going to be very informative. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And how there's different just,
0: types of oxygen.
2: Really? You know, I didn't know that.
0: Well, well, difference between like a concentrator and a liquid oxygen. I mean, there's a vast okay. difference between those two. Um, that we're going to get okay. into on Wednesday.
2: All right. So that'll be good. We'll That'd have to good. listen to that. Um, it just, yeah. you know, that here we are even talking about this. Um, I just think it's a disgrace that we are even talking about this, that this is even
3: mm-hmm.
2: a subject that needs to be discussed, needs to be uh, put out there for people to see and hear that this could go mm-hmm. on in this country anywhere for that fact. You know, it I I, I really have a hard time and it, it does come down to hear so much from people that are on the supposed right about God and religion and uh, the value of life and the sanctity of life and all of this. But when it comes to guardianship and death by hospice, why they won't have nothing to say. And um mm-hmm. you, you you can't You can't hold both ends of a ten-foot pole. You can't do it. And you either have to decide you are pro-life, and that means in all of its forms, whether you like it or you don't. I hear, you know, I get really upset when I hear people talk about people with disabilities, you know, physical disabilities, or kids that are born deformed or blind or deaf, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. That they ought to go ahead and euthanize them. What good are they going to be? They're just going to be a drag. When did we get to oh. this point? When mm-hmm, did we yeah. get to this?
3: I, mm-hmm. I guess the I'm not right if that's water. not your baby. Well, yeah, yeah, they slowly turn the heat up till we accept yep. all this. Yes, yeah. and,
2: and you know, they keep pushing to doing point. it.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Cos. That's a good point because you know that's how we've gotten to the point where we are, is that they had a plan. And when I say they, I'm talking about Klaus Schwab. I'm talking about George mm-hmm. Soros. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, even saying his name, I'm surprised I just don't, you know, turn to him Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what was going through my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a plan 50 years ago. 60 years ago, turn of the century with the Rockefellers, and they've implemented that plan slowly and methodically and conditioning Mm -hmm. the public. I bet there's not very many people realize. Now, I know, Marty, you know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But Facebook was developed and funded by DARPA, because DARPA CIA. cannot go out yeah. to like me, you, and and say, give me all your personal information. No, we can't do that to the American people because they're, you know, they have privacy laws. where they, you know, yeah. they have freedoms. But if we give them a social platform where they can meet new friends and they get that thumbs up, they'll give us all the information we want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is your Pentagon and the CIA. Yeah, with Facebook, Twitter, all those social. Do you know why Mark Zuckerberg can go to in front of Congress and lie or not bring, you know, the the Congress will um, pin him down and say, well, can you come back on this or you'll get back with us? And he doesn't have to do a thing because he knows he has protection. Right. Right. And until the American people realize they need to get off these social media platforms. No, they have their head down in the screen telling them everything, everything they want to know about their data and their banking. Banking is another thing that's going to come up. Yeah. Hospice is just one little spoke in this big wheel. And until we all start speaking up and standing up and talking out and saying we're not going to take this, they're going to keep giving it to us. And when Klaus Schwab says, you will have nothing and you will be happy, I'll tell you what people aren't taking him serious, and it's coming. It's coming. If you, yes. have, if some of, if you, if you have not seen, and, and I'm not talking to you, but if you haven't seen those um, robotics dogs, yes, again, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that is scary. That yep. is scary. That's the future. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what they can arm them. And you will be yep. hunted. As 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 dramatic as that sounds, that's where
2: we're headed. That's where we're headed. They're exactly. already doing that with drones. And um yep. they have drones that can fire at you and take you out where you stand and everything and, and I'm supposed to be happy they're flying around in the sky. Well I'm not, thank you. And um yep. but yeah, it just and that goes back, you know, we talked earlier. About this fake virus, and as somebody said, even if it isn't a virus, people are dying of something. What is it? Well, many of them are just plain being euthanized. Um, they mm-hmm. use the virus as cover. Oh, they died of mm-hmm. COVID. They died with COVID. No, they didn't. You killed them. And uh, you wrote COVID on the death right. certificate. And right. but then you suppose clusters of people in an area who will come down sick. Oh, we got two thousand in here that. were drones flying the nights before that because what I think is a method of dispersal needs to be how are they dispersing whatever this is and why does it affect some people and not others and Mm -hmm. this is this is they've admitted it's not a vaccine It's gene therapy manipulation why is it only Mm -hmm. affecting some people but you look at that Mm -hmm. it's been suggested the water supply I think that's a real possibility. Um, they it, Some years ago, where I used to live there in Minnesota, they, in the little town, they redid a, every, every water line in the town. I have no idea why. And in front of my house, it looked like the Grand Canyon. And I was standing mm-hmm. at the edge of this, looking down at this new water line, but running alongside of it was a blue line. that was about half the size, and about every 12, 15 feet was a digital valve. And I was looking, I thought, what the hell is that? So the job supervisor's there, and I said, what's that secondary line for? He said, it's for none of your business. He said, get your ass back in the house to make me. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. so I went and got my camera, and I still have that roll of film, uh, and took pictures of all of this, but I've heard this going on all over the country. Uh, We found out Japan was salting its water supply with lithium, has been doing it for years to keep the population docile. Los Angeles got caught here, what, three years ago uh, with 54 percent, a level of 54 percent in their water was Xanax. When they got caught, they said, oh, that's from people peeing it out and dumping their prescriptions down the toilet. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, if you're on Xanax,
0: you're not going to be dumping yeah. your medication out.
2: Exactly, you're already an addict, and um, right. But it's just, you know, this is what I'm saying. They they have ways, uh, silent weapons. Actually, 5G is queued right into this vaccine, with this magnetic protein that's in there, and in areas where 5G has been cranked up and running full bore, you've got people coming down with brain tumors, cancer. And oh, it's just a coincidence. Um, mm-hmm.
0: And they're fighting it all the world.
2: Five G is a weapon. It is a weapon. And now they're talking about six G. And you better grab your butts mm. on that one. But there is something, and I know a lot of people are working on this. There is something linking five G with what's in this shot. And um, there is something that's being activated, not to the, you know, to your best interest. But they're doing all kinds of things. The point being, they want rid of us. And they've used hospice and the hospitals and wars to thin the population. Wars basically Mm -hmm. are to remove as many of the males from the population as possible. Um, Because Mm -hmm. they're the ones that will get up and fight. Apparently, they've never gone up against a woman. But... Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They they try to mm-hmm. do that. And you know something else and I still and I know this sounds far fetched with what our topic is tonight. About ten years ago I interviewed Rosa Corey. She has passed in this last year. That she was fighting against UN Agenda twenty one, went all over the country. And I had her on the show and we were talking about she was gay. And she said to me at the time, she said something I have a real problem with is why are they teaching this gender stuff and about the gay lifestyle to these elementary children? I don't understand. Why are they doing that? And I said, because, Rosa, what they've done to the food, the genetic modification of the food, and God knows what else, if they can grow pharmaceuticals in plants, guess what else is in there? And I said, but with everything, you're going to see a feminization of boys and they are trying to prepare these young children to deal with this change in society. And here we are these years later and everything is transgendered this and transgendered that. And, but have you noticed that it seems, I would say 90% of the time, to affect males? I think mm-hmm. that is just extremely odd. That is, is a feminization of boys. Um, what happened? And why the males? But see, they're the gladiators. They're the fighters. They're the ones that will get up and take you to war. Like I say, apparently they've never dealt with a woman. Because I'm more afraid of fighting with a woman than I am a man. But um, it just... Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's something that's happening here. Um, There is a massive change, but this acceptance of outfits like hospice, and this acceptance of euthanizing people because we don't think they have any value anymore we decided their life isn't worth living we'll make a lot of money if we go ahead and shoot these people out of here
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know it just I think it's such a sad there, statement about us as a society
0: there was a, yeah. um, a a doctor and I don't remember what post he was given to by Biden but he clearly stated that by you know the age of 70 Oh, 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 Why yeah. are we keeping people oh, alive? Yeah.
2: Like that you should C- voluntarily just oh, peel yeah,
0: yeah. over
2: and die when you hit mm-hmm. 70. That, that, that guy was on CNN, and he said, living past 75, he said, what's the point? Well, you first, doctor. You first. Um, you know, it just. <laughs> yeah, I you don't. Know. But see, planting that idea. Now, to younger people in their right. 20 or 30s. This sounds like, well, yeah, why? You know, you're going to be old. To, but when you get up into that age group, I think you're going to have a little different point of view. And, uh, right. But the idea is anyone would even suggest this. But see, this goes along with this this euthanasia that's happening. And I think that's just a nice way of saying we murdered you. Um, mm-hmm. it, it Go along with that. And hospitals have been doing it forever. You know, you mm-hmm. just didn't talk about it they've been withholding care or doing things that they knew would bring the end quickly. And they've admitted to that, that they've done it forever. You can't help everybody. Really? Why not? Um, but I say, all of this is okay as long as it's not your mom or dad or your grandma or your grandpa. What if mm-hmm. it's your brain injured child and they decide it isn't worth taking care of them anymore? We, mm-hmm. We'll make more money if we sell your organs and, you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this this loss of value of life that somehow other people because of age. Yeah, go ahead. And how they're. What? I was
0: just gonna pick it. I was just gonna piggyback on what you said about. Um, and it goes to if there's a, a control, and the even the vaccines that they give kids. I mean, they give. Yes hep C, I mean, hep B uh, vaccine hep. to newborns, which to yes. me is just ludicrous. A hep yes. B vaccine to a newborn where you get hep B is from, you know, the child, the mom to the child. Well, if it's mom to the child, the child has already have it, so why would you be giving a vaccine
2: yeah. Direct
0: blood contact, uh, contaminated needles, having sex with someone, or using their personal razors. Now, what newborn falls into any of those categories? Thank you. But every day. Thank you. People let their kids get these useless vaccines, which have been weaponized for use yep. at a later date.
2: Yes. And now, the world birth- has gone crazy they are also giving a vitamin K shot because they said some kids are born with a problem with clotting. Um, but what they didn't tell people is vitamin K, okay, but that shot is 50% aluminum crosses the blood-brain barrier and attacks the brain. Why is that aluminum in there? There's no need for it. There That's a vitamin shot. you go with your shot. autism, kids. Yep, yep. And, uh, but they. I don't know. I think we have been experimented on for years, for years. That's what it is. And, um, yeah. Do you ever get the feeling, Michelle, that because of all that's been done historically to us, and they've done some god-awful things, and probably things that would make us run screaming into outer space if we knew about it, But I have the feeling like with all this virus and everything, something is about to break loose. And when it does, it's going to expose a lot of these people as to where it came from and why. I got a feeling there is a Mm -hmm. culminative point coming. They know it is. We just don't know it is. You know, know, the um, thing that makes
3: me think that that something that things can be found out is this trial on this like Ghislaine De- Maxwell, Jeffrey Dahmer like she has the goods on some powerful men and mm-hmm. the fact that mm-hmm. Prince Andrew had to like do like a um a, what he'd give money or whatever a settlement these guys, these powerful men went down and that yeah. shocks me and it also gives me hope like if these guys can go down, these billionaires mm-hmm. the atolls, holes they're like, they're nothing. They're cockroaches. They, I mean, who can attack yeah. them? You know, well, the it's when like, you realize, yeah. Go ahead. I and have a like different
0: Epstein. take on
3: that.
2: Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Let's hear it. I hear I have a different take on that. I think it's a distraction. Yes. I think Epstein, Epstein was uh, murdered and now this whole bullying thing is a distraction, and we have to be careful of distractions. There's a lot of red flags, red herrings, whatever you want to call it, to take our focus off of yes, what's really going yes. on.
2: Mhm. And I don't believe for a minute Epstein committed suicide. I don't think he's dead at all. No. Nope. If you, you if the security cameras are shut off. All the guards were gone, and supposedly. In a federal prison, which has paper sheets, it's a requirement. They have paper sheets, so people cannot hang themselves. He supposedly hung himself off a doorknob with a, with a, I don't know what he hung himself with a paper sheet, but the telltale was the blurred video of when they supposedly wheeled him out of his cell on the gurney with a dead body. The whole thing is covered. He was, Mm -hmm. that sheet was down across the middle of his chest. That man wasn't dead. They were helping him escape. And he has how many islands he could be living. She lived up there in what, Maryland, right out in public view for two years. And Mm -hmm. he's, he had the goods on too many people. And he had what they call a kill switch. Um, If they'd have done him, got him into court and prosecuted him, there would have been a ton of people went down with him. They got him out of there. That mm-hmm. man's not dead. Um, it, it just, uh, Ken Lay, back during the Enron thing, good friend of the bushes, he got busted mm-hmm. over Enron. Uh, he was going to be sentenced. They found him guilty on multiple charges. He was looking at like 20 to 30. And for some mm-hmm. reason, before he got mm-hmm. sentenced, he was allowed to go to Vail, Colorado skiing. Now, when has anybody ever been allowed to do that? That was waiting sentencing. Yeah, Right. And he supposedly got in a skiing accident and was killed. Really? Mm-hmm. And there was no obituary. There was no funeral notice. There was nothing. They just kept saying he was killed. He was mm-hmm. killed. He was killed. There's no evidence that he mm-hmm. was. Uh, and I think the same mm-hmm. thing with Epstein. There was that D.C. madam here uh, some years ago. Who They mm-hmm. busted her. She provided hookers of all kinds uh, to politicians and the elite there in D.C., mm-hmm. including children. And they busted her because somebody got mad at her. She said, all right, you prosecute Heidi me. She said, I'm a... No, it wasn't Heidi Fleiss. This lady, okay. they called the D.C. madam. Uh, she said, okay. you, you prosecute me. And she said, and I'm going to publish my little black book of who's who and who did what. Two uh-huh. days after making that statement, they found her in Louisiana in a mobile home park. she'd hung herself
0: mm. i don't
2: think so, and how'd you know she was in Louisiana in a trailer and um, mm-hmm. but that shut her up uh, but mm-hmm. these yeah. people one of the things that was told to me before I went out to d c the first time was here's how things shake down Marty if they're Democrats they're into prostitutes and young girls if they're calling themselves a Republican they're into prostitute and young boys and that's how you're going to find that this is true across the board and I, I tell you I think if we honestly knew if we honestly knew how corrupt and sick these people are the things that they're indulging in and engaging in I think we would probably storm D.C. and burn it to the ground. Um, and that was something, I don't know if you noticed that cause, but going out there when we crossed the Potomac going into D.C., it was like mm-hmm. this pervasive sense of something awful settled on you. And the only thing I could, and everybody in the uh, van I was riding in was complaining you know, to say they suddenly felt sick. And yes... <laughs> But I I always attribute that there was so much negative energy there. There was so much corruption and deceit that it was actually, you could actually detect it. You could feel it. And um, it's just, to me, whatever that Mm -hmm. city was supposed to have been, it is is so contaminated on so many levels now. But here again, we've just got a few minutes left everything we've talked about tonight goes back to D.C., goes back to those people in D.C. that set hospice up this way that made sure it was funded. This was Democrats and Republicans both to uh, Mm turn hospice from Good Samaritan into the Grim Reaper. And the express purpose was to cull the elderly population or people who were dangerously ill uh, to Mm -hmm. get rid of them. We don't want Mm -hmm. to take care of them. And the idea that these people, like I say, will starve and dehydrate people it's a form of torture. It's a form of mm-hmm. torture. Why would you do such a thing? Why would you do such a thing? and then lie about it? If what you're doing is okay, why are you lying? I just I don't know. I, think, I don't know what you girls think, but I think we're sunk. I don't know if we can get out of this or we can't. Um, yeah. I just don't know. I just don't know.
3: You know, it's going to happen, Marty. A hundred years from now, someone's going to be doing a research paper, and they're going to come across all of our podcasts, and they're going to listen, and they're going to go, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And they're going to write a book. Yeah.
2: I'd like to think so. That is, you yeah. know, there's so many of us out here, too. Uh, so many people doing these. Little podcasts and alternative radio and everything
3: mm-hmm.
2: and they can't figure out why it's so popular. Oh, it's because people like conspiracy theory. no, that isn't it It's because it's the only place you're going to get any real news when you look at mm-hmm. outfits like c n n that's lost ninety percent of their audience. Fox News damn near went in the toilet. I just despise Fox News. I tried here about a week ago to listen to you know the evening news i couldn't I couldn't do it. It was the biggest bunch of nonsense and stuff that didn't matter with everything that was happening. And it was just ridiculous. But mm-hmm. people people aren't so easily, you know, duped anymore. And they've figured out that mainstream media is just nothing but mainstream propaganda, what we want you to know the way we want you to know it. And um, yeah. so we're just basically... So the rest of us are out here doing the best we can to get the news that is news. <laughs> the, I don't know. We got two minutes left, girls. Um, Michelle, I want to thank you for coming on, and I say everybody uh, for other interviews with Michelle that she's done with Marsha Joiner. You can hit our archives. The betrayed with hosp- by hospice shows. Um, they're available for free. You can listen anytime. And then you said you're going to be back on Marsha's show Wednesday.
0: Wednesday, yes.
2: Yeah. Okay, this coming Wednesday, she'll be back on Marcia's show, so we'll be tuned into that. And um, everybody, thank you for tuning in tonight. I know we've kind of covered a lot of territory. And Michelle, thank you so much for coming on. Oh no, thank uh, you,
0: thank you for all you do, Marty. I mean, thank you. You do a lot. You do for the animals. You do. You do a lot, and it's truly appreciated.
2: Michelle's book, Killing for Profit, The Dark Side of Hospice, is on Amazon, and there's a direct link to it. You just have to click on it in the show promo. will take you right to the page. I suggest you get it and read it. It will blow your your head apart um, to think right. that this is happening right out in front of everybody and with the uh, blessings of our government. And I don't think anybody hates us more than our own government does. Anyway, we will be back Sunday night with Tanya Talks, Monday night with John Lacron. Tuesday night, we start a new series with targeted individuals. There are thousands of them that have been uh, hit with these directed energy weapons and 5G microwave. I mean, it's just disgusting. Anyway, we're going to start a series with them, so tune in for that. And we will be back next Friday night. Kaz, Michelle. Yes.